Aptu's podcast, episode 116, Thinking Deeper. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7 say this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and the riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. It's interesting to me that there is an entire book of the Bible dedicated to wisdom and to learning. Why would that be? You know, it's my opinion the reason that the Bible dedicated a whole book to wisdom is because the greatest natural gift that God has given mankind is their minds. Human beings have been given a gift by God with the ability to think at an incredibly high level. And this is where we all actually start at the same level. You know, you might be stronger than I am. You might be better looking than I am. You might have been born into a more affluent home than I was. However, we all have the same ability to think. And that's the gift that's going to open the door to our calling. You know, I love how T.D. Jakes put this. The human mind is what separates humans from every other species in the animal kingdom. This is the part of the image of God that he placed within all of us who are his creation, who are his image bearers. You know, every species has a specific strength. They, they have a, a certain natural ability that allows them to get ahead in this world. You know, the elephant is big and strong. Nothing messes with an elephant, elephant because he has such a huge mass that he doesn't have to fear anything else. He's big, he's strong, he can do what he wants. The cheetah is fast. You know, the cheetah has unbelievable speed. He can, he can close the distance on prey or he can escape danger. The porcupine might be slow. He might not be the smartest animal in the kingdom, yet he has a lethal weapon on his body at all times. So what do human beings have? We have big brains. We have an incredible ability to think. Humans are ridiculously smart compared to the other animals in the kingdom. It's our minds that we're able to think critically. We're able to process the world around us, and we're able to invent. And because of the prowess of our minds, we have completely changed the landscape of the world. And, and this is a good thing. This is by God's design. He said to have dominion over the world. And now we are at the point where we have changed things in our world so much that we can actually leave this world. We can go to space. We can go to the moon. So there's no doubt that our minds are just beautiful creations of God. This is his design. And this is why I believe that there's an entire book dedicated in the Bible of how we are to think. You know, God gave us this gift of a beautiful mind, but he would require us to think with wisdom and an insight. You see, our minds are of no eternal value if our thinking is in error, in foolishness, or if our thinking is underdeveloped. And this is why the writer is calling the listener to heed wisdom's call, to pay attention, and to grow in understanding. In short, the scripture is calling us to be deep thinkers. When you read through the Proverbs, you are reading the writing of a deep thinker. This is a man who observed the world around him, compared those observations to the scriptures, and made inspired recommendations of how to live with wisdom. This is deep thinking.
Like Solomon, deep thinkers have always changed the world. And deep thinkers are going to change the world around them. It, it, it might not be on a global sense, but deep thinkers change their family. They change their community. They change their church. Let me give you four names. Leonardo da Vinci, Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla, and Benjamin Franklin. What do these guys have in common? They were all deep thinkers who had a wide influence on humanity. These were men who were Renaissance men in every sense of the word. They were inventors, scholars, artists, statesmen, philosophers. They were deep thinkers, and their deep thinking allowed them to have a wide impact in a variety of fields. And they are still making an impact today. I mean, you start looking at these men's contribution to society, we are still living with the benefits of their contributions. You see, deep thinkers put in the mental exercise reps to grow their mental prowess to the fullest potential. Deep thinkers then become blessings to everyone around them. And I I think that's what these men teach us, and this is really our big idea of this talk. If we're going to break out of being average, then we're going to have to learn how to be a deep thinker. If you're fine with being average, then just carry on. Go through the motions. If you're fine being mediocre, great. Just keep going through the motions. But if you want to break out of average in your calling, in, in, in the life direction, in your purpose, in your business, in your ministry, then you're going to have to be a deep thinker. Being a deep thinker is not the only requirement to breaking out of average. However, it is definitely a part of the equation. So let me give you some benefits of, of thinking deep. Let me give you some benefits of being a deep thinking human being. Deep thinkers are better problem solvers. Deep thinkers develop an analytical mind, which affords them the opportunity to critically think through problems. Because here's the facts. Problems are just going to happen in life. There's no way around it. Right now, you have some problems. I have some problems. It might be in life. It might be in work. It might be in ministry. It doesn't really matter. You have problems. I have problems. That's just part of it. They're going to surface. So if you want to be a leader, then you're going to be tasked with finding solutions to those problems. Like it or not, leaders are problem solvers. In General Mattis's book, Call Sign Chaos, he talked about how the young officers would come to him and they'd start to complain that the enlisted men were constantly bringing them their problems. And Mattis told his, his, his young leaders, he said, look, just get over it. Leaders solve problems. That's why the men are coming to you because they see you as a leader and leaders solve problems and your responsibility is to help them fix these problems. He said, if you don't want to solve problems, then no problem. Just get out of leadership. As ministry leaders, we're going to be tasked with solving problems. That's just going to be part of the job description. So as a result, you should desire to be a deep thinker. Deep thinkers analyze the problem. They weigh various solutions and critically come to the best option with the highest probability of success. Consistent success is never going to happen with shallow thinking. You're going to have to develop deep mental reps to solve problems. Deep thinkers are also better innovators. Deep thinkers tend to be visionaries who use their mental prowess to invent new ideas, systems, visions, and strategies that propel projects, people, organizations, or products forward. Right? This is a, this is a trait that all inventors have in common. They think deep. They become students of needs. They ask questions about systems, organizations, and projects and how those things can be better. And then in the dusty recesses of their mind, they start to visualize a better path. We have no idea who invented the wheel, 
but I promise you that there was a man one day that was watching one of his buddies drag something on the ground, and he started to think deep about this problem. And then the concept of a wheel on an axle changed the world, changed everything to the point where today we take it for granted. Leadership will require us from time to time to be innovators. Times are changing, and we're going to have to change with them. So you can only change when you innovate, and you can only innovate when you think deeper. Deep thinkers are better mentors. Deep thinkers have to work through all the details of a particular task, and they had to go through the mental construct of the ideas. So we have to wrestle through these processes. The result is that we, we get intimately familiar with our particular field of study. And this intimacy with our field of study allows deep thinkers the ability to articulate their knowledge to someone else. Shallow thinkers might be successful, but shallow thinkers do not understand how to relate their knowledge to others. They're not familiar enough with their field of study. Therefore, deep thinkers are the best mentors. Deep thinkers tend to have fuller and richer lives. Because deep thinkers are always learning and expanding their understanding so they can better enjoy their experiences. Deep thinkers enjoy more experiences, broader experiences, and better experience. This, this slows life down for them and actually keeps them fresh. You see, deep thinkers heed the Proverbs, and, and they're people of wisdom and understanding, which helps them to avoid foolishness and folly that follows foolishness. So deep thinkers live with a purpose. They live with a plan. They're not, they're not going around haphazardly. They, they have intentionality in what they're doing. So when, when you look at these benefits of, of thinking deep, you, you see that the, the deep thinkers indeed do live above average lives. You know, so this should be something that we all aspire to. So the question is, is how do I become a deep thinker? How am I, how, what, what do I need to do so that I can, I can reap the rewards and the benefits of being a deep thinker? Here's some ideas. To think deeper, then I have to have wide understanding. To think deep, then I have to have wide understanding. If you want to be a deep thinker, then you just have to be a better student. Not just in one field of study, but in a variety of fields of study. I read a book about a year ago called Range. And the premise of the book basically is this. That, that people who become experts in one field tend to have a variety of experiences in other fields. So, for example, professional athletes tended to play a lot of different sports growing up. The best scientists tend to also have uh, this, this drive to learn how to express themselves in art. What the researchers started discover, discovering about others when they started looking at people who were exceptional was that they had wide experiences that, that allowed them to dabble and discover what they're really good at. And once they found what they're really good at, those, those other experiences brought a wider understanding that allowed them to cross-pollinate those ideas into their area of expertise. So deep thinkers are, are constantly absorbing information around them from every person they come in contact with and every situation they find themselves in. That they, they want a wide understanding of a variety of fields of study so that they can distill those experiences down and apply them to their area of expertise. If you want to be a deep thinker, then you're going to have to start exposing yourself to a wide variety of fields of study and experiences in order to have a wide understanding of the world around you. Here's another idea. To think deep, I need to harness the power of the stare. You see, deep thinkers understand 
the potential power of mental work. You see, mental work is, is contemplating. It's thinking. It's staring out problems, working out various solutions and various inventions within our mind before we ever put our hand to work. The thinking step is so critical for us to be able to harness the power of our minds and actually apply it to some sort of productive solution. A lot of times, this is the step that actually prevents us from from being deep thinkers because most of us are too busy to give any time to, quote, the stare. The stare is another one of those T.D. Jakes um, illustrations. He, he basically said, when I have a problem, I just stare at the problem and I work at it in my mind. And, and there's a lot of truth to that. You know, in physics class, we were taught the difference between kinetic energy and potential energy. Energy is the ability to do work. You know, we, we all have a certain amount of energy in life. We have a certain amount of capacity through our skill sets. But a lot of that's just grounded because we haven't, we haven't elevated our potential energy that translates into kinetic energy. Here's what I mean by that. Potential energy is stored energy. Imagine a bicycle on a flat surface. It has no potential energy. If I get on the bike and I don't pedal, then the bike's just going to fall over. However, if I move that bike to the top of a large steep hill, now there's a lot of potential energy in that bike. I can get on that bike, push myself off, and now the potential energy is now realized because I'm moving downhill at a rapid speed. The kinetic energy is the bicycle in motion. Your mind is that bicycle. Deep thinking raises the level of your understanding to the top of the hill. Your potential mental energy is raising when you do deep thinking, which allows you to have more kinetic energy, which means actual actual accomplished work in life and ministry when you think deep. Here's a practical example of what I'm talking about. All of us have been to a church event to help set up and the leader had a lot of ideas of what they wanted to do, but they had not put in the middle work, mental work on how to make this event smooth. And a lot of people are getting frustrated because they don't know what to do next. And the leaders just kind of go in circles because they haven't actually thought out the event enough. They didn't do enough mental reps to make the, the, the potential energy go up. A lot of people are not getting where they want to go because they're stuck on a flat surface mentally. They're not staring. They're not thinking. They're not working things out in their mind, which allows them to run to their calling. To think deep, I need to ask better questions. We live in a world that is really good at making statements, but we are terrible at asking questions. And unfortunately, when we do ask questions, a lot of times we're asking the wrong questions. It amazes me when I go to a conference just how ill-prepared people are for the question and answer time. I mean, we just sat here for three hours listening to this person talk, and people cannot formulate one proper question for the, the person who just gave the keynote. And it's not like the person was terrible. Most of the time, these people are great. There's a reason why they're getting paid a lot of money to speak to the rest of us. So if, if you want to be a deep thinker, then you have to be good at determining quality questions and not, not just stopping until you have quality answers. See, I, I need to have the right questions, and I need to be obsessive about my search until I find the right answers. So as we've seen, there's some benefits to deep thinking. We've talked how to be a deep thinker. The question then becomes this, what areas would I want to think deeper as a church leader? Let, let's bring this to JFA, to our specific ministry calling. In ministry, where should, we, where should we be deep in our thinking and wide in our understanding? Well, here's a place. I think we need to be deep and wide in our study of theology. You know, at pastors particularly, we, we cannot just know what we believe. We need to know why we believe it 
and how to prove what we believe from the Bible. You know, pastors have lost their love for proper theology. And because pastors in our, in our modern age, in my opinion, are shallow in their theology, they're now wandering into error in their doctrine. You know, theology is a study of God. Doctrine is how we're going to live that out. And what's happening is we, we just don't have a deep understanding of the scriptures. Therefore, we have poor doctrine. So pastors and church leaders need to be students of theology. They need to be wide in their study so they can have a solid understanding of who the Lord is, what his word says, and his desire for this world. A deep understanding of theology will help us then develop deep God-honoring doctrines that will help us to have healthier churches, and vicariously, there will be healthier people in those churches. We need to be deep and wide in our study of best practices. The fact of the matter is that the world is rapidly changing around us. And if a church and ministry leaders get stuck in their methodology, then it's just a matter of time before they get flat and the ministry is unhealthy. So being deep and wide in our study of best practices will allow us to be more efficient, have fresh creative ideas, and keep us on the forefront of the best practices. The fact is that a lot of people have already done some deep thinking and that they've learned, and therefore we can allow them to influence our thinking and we can assess some of the things that they have come up with and see what works well for us and what doesn't. Because I'm not advocating for copying other people. That, that's a waste of your time. However, what we can do is we can, we can draw inspiration from others, you know, from the youth pastor down the road that's doing small groups in a unique way or the, the kids pastor that has figured out an interesting way to connect with, with parents or what have you. You know, inspiration helps inspire us as leaders to break out of our ruts. And so that deep and wide understanding of, of best practices can help formulate us to think about the practices we need in our own ministry. We also need to think deep and wide in our study of cultural ideals. You know, this is something I think that the American church is really losing right now. We're losing sight of this. If I want to be a missionary and I'm going to move to China, then I have to become an expert of the people whom I'm trying to reach. And once I have an, an understanding of the people in the Chinese culture, then I can find a way to present the gospel to those people. But we don't do that here in America. We try to present the gospel in a way that makes us feel comfortable in the way that we understand. And, and I think we're missing some people. You know, the world is changing around us and the cultural ideals are different. And we need to learn that. There's a reason why Jesus taught in parables. It worked. There's also a reason why the apostle Paul did not teach in parables in Athens. It's not what was going to work. These men understood the cultural context they were in, and they learned how to communicate to those people. We need to be able to adapt our communication style. We need to understand the people we're trying to reach in order to present the gospel to them. Now, you're going to strongly disagree with all the cultural ideals and practices of the world, as you should. However, we have to understand the people we're planted in. We, we, we have to understand the world we're planted in. We have to understand this county that we're planted in. And we need to view ourselves as missionaries to a foreign land so we can think deep about how to read and reach those people. Here's the deal. I'm going to leave you with this thought. Thinking deep is not going to be an easy task. However, it is going to be the task that separates you from being average. And I don't know about you, but I really, really do not want to settle for average. So let's be deep thinkers. Let's do what God's called us to do. Let's stare at the world around us. Let's reap the benefits of thinking deep. Let's be men and wisdom of wisdom and understanding. And let's watch how God works through that. Catch you next week.